0: Coming to you pre-recorded, from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a New York City apartment far too close to the street, it's your favorite Millennials with too much time on their hands, welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast! Hello, and may the fourth be with you, everyone, you're listening to the Red Team Reviews Podcast, Uh, the voice you are currently listening to is the voice of Jedi Master TJ Patrick, Joined by fellow Jedi Master, Jedi master, the, uh, fuck, I mean, uh, the Luke to my Rose, fuck it.
1: Uh, Trevor Catalano? They don't have a relationship. I, <laughs> <laughs> TJ, they like, never meet. He dies. I'm just like, there's two really uh, obvious
0: ones to do, but like... Both of them are kind of like, I mean, (laughs) you're stretching it. (laughs) Hey,
1: you can let me be Oscar Isaac. It's okay. Uh,
0: I mean, I just... uh, I'll take it. I didn't even consider you being Oscar Isaac.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Ass. Ass.
0: I was like, I can either make you rose because of how how definitely anti-capitalist you are. Because I'm horny for you? Uh, (laughs) Huh? Nothing. Or I could have you be the Luke to my Ray, which I'm fine being Ray. Yeah,
1: that's all right. That makes sense.
0: But I also was like, well, that's kind of like really, really obvious and easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me, every plus, episode when you go on your rants, this is not going to go the way you think.
0: <laughs> plus, you know, I'm basically Rose by default because uh, everybody hates me. Okay, so. Uh, Ouch.
1: Okay, yeah, so let's. About- We decided on the actual May the 4th to go into the deep end of the stupidest, the stupidest grudge in Star Wars fandom.
0: It's so stupid, Trevor briefly turned into Jerry Seinfeld. Um. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs)
1: Why is he the last Jedi? We've seen other Jedi. Other Jedi are around. What do you think those Jedi are thinking?
0: <laughs> Your parents are nothing. Your parents are nobody. They're filthy junk traders. trading you for drinking money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is going to be
1: stupid. We're talking about the last Jedi today. Uh
0: I love this, I love this, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I love that we get to talk about this good fucking movie. Oh, on today. and there it is, The there holiest is. of all days for Star Wars fans. I don't care, I don't give a shit. The movie's good.
1: I wonder if, cause you know in Australia Jedi, because enough people filled it out on the census is an official religion, um, <laughs> that Uh, I wonder if you can get today off in Australia if you if you on the census say that you are a Jedi I really wonder
0: you'd have to get life day off Uh, both (laughs) why not I don't
1: know if there's much to say in terms of like our history with the movie because like the history really revolves around the force awakens coming out and then we just waited, and then this came out, and then the world I went actually, crazy. Uh,
0: and <laughs> then, then the world went crazy. Um, it's actually interesting, because I was thinking, um, you know, we had told the story of how we basically, we didn't see The Force Awakens together, but we were in the same place when we saw it. Right. Um, But The Last Jedi is one that I believe... Going off of history and going off of patterns, I believe it would have worked out that you would have saw it the night of and I would have seen it the morning after, yes?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense.
0: Uh, so you were the first person I talked to after I saw the movie. Then. I
1: do remember that, yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I was just thinking, because I finished this movie like half an hour, like 20 minutes, half an hour ago, um... And I was just astounded because this movie came out like fucking five years ago. Holy shit!
1: Uh.
0: Um, like the passage of time is fu- is real. Um, like we, I want you to really, I want it to really sink in, Trev. That before you know it, we will have been friends and have known each other for a decade.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but legitimately. It's been five years. I've grown a lot mentally. I'm a very different person now than I was in 2017. 2017 was a a, a hell of a fucking year for me. I won't get into it here, obviously, but Jesus Christ.
1: That's for your therapist.
0: Um. <laughs> well, I just realized. I just found out before we started recording, she can't do my session tomorrow. That's not even a joke. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I kind of knew I wanted to maybe go into reviewing movies and stuff when I in two thousand seventeen. But I didn't know as much as I knew now, obviously. Um, and I had not been doing something like the podcast that would make me regularly have to flex that muscle uh, basically more or less every other week, every week uh, when we're recording. And even then in 2017, I did not have a lot of the big opinions about star Wars that I have now, which is the, probably the most interesting thing. I developed a lot of my hot button opinions and a lot of my like really big opinions after that and so now it's like having known everything that was going to happen in the movie obviously because i'd seen it before and having known that the rotting piece of fucking garbage carcass that is the next movie uh knowing everything about that as well and i think i have mentioned this before I have not I only saw the Last Jedi once, the first time in theaters and never saw it again, which might give off the impression that I don't like the last Jedi, but that wasn't the case. It just it just kind of worked out that way. Um, so I watched Last Jedi the one time in theaters, and I kid you not, I think if you recall, I more or less had the thing of like, when I talked to you about it, I was like, I think I'm just still processing. Like I don't even know what i feel I'm feeling a lot of things after this movie. well,
1: the thing is that like it's not a very uh, this wa- this wa- this time around it's i I will say it's like it's actually not a very usual movie. it's not par for the course in many ways. we'll get into it, but like yeah,
0: yeah, and i lo and behold, five years later, with all different context and uh me being much older and slightly wiser but somehow dumber uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never I'll never pa- I'll never pass up a I'll never pass up an opportunity to dunk on myself. Um <laughs> uh it's like I still I just finished the movie like half an hour ago. I still feel almost the exact same way of the as the first time I saw it, which is just like I what do I even what do what do I say? I'm here knowing we this is the only thing we're talking about for at least an hour and a half, maybe 2 hours. And I'm genuinely like, what do I say? <laughs> what is there to say about this movie other than, you know, the everything else part?
1: I mean, I didn't take all that many notes just because I didn't feel like I had to. It it The more I watch it, the more it all makes sense.
0: I legit didn't take any notes. Oh, well, that... I,
1: work hard, work I harder. was
0: ready to take notes, but like, I, if I were to take notes on this movie, it would be things like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I like, yeah, that.
1: that's, that's a lot of what I didn't okay. do, which cause, cause honestly, if if you've ever, honestly, the funniest thing is that like, the most entertaining episodes of this show are the ones where we are just like, what the fuck was that? Um, the least entertaining ones, the least entertaining episodes are the ones where, where like, we are both just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I just flashed back to the fucking Akira episode. Oh God. You were going through it, buddy.
1: I was going through it.
0: I was just an agent of chaos. I knew what I had unleashed on you and I was right. just reaping the benefits.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I took some notes about like interesting things and I took some notes about like overarching stuff to talk about. But at the end of the day, like the movie is visually and like structurally really good. It's good. Good. It's good. It's you a good idiots. movie.
0: Like fuck off. <laughs> like, it's so maddening to me that this is the movie. This is the one. This is the movie. Yeah. That blew up the entire, uh, the entire fandom. It
1: made the last one.
0: Like Dragon Age 2. Like, and yet, people are not, you realize after this movie, people were net, were, it prompted them to re, re, recontextualize the prequels. People are now defending the prequels.
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened.
0: And I am baffled, because I'm like, why is this the movie? Because <laughs> here's the thing, like, we, we've
1: we talked about the prequels, just go listen to the prequels. Fuck. But the prequels, like, the whole thing with pe- people with the prequels now is like, oh, you know, it's really ambitious with the ideas that you have, and I'm like, yeah, but there's, like, the execution is dog shit. It doesn't matter how creative you are, if you're not getting it across, then it's dog shit. It's like pee, poo. And because the whole thing about the prequels wh- that we look at it now, it's like, oh, hey, respectability politics and bureaucracy can lead to fascism. But that's not what George Lucas said to us. That's what we, as older people who've watched these and like then taken it into the sequels, then concluded about what the prequels were trying to tell us. But we also, didn't know that in the moment.
0: So it's also, not yeah, good. Be- the older of us, the like the adult members of us were actually able to, able to take that stuff away. And yet George Lucas is out here saying bullshit. Like, well, it's a film for 12 year olds. Right. And one of the most overplayed sound clips in star Wars fan history.
1: (laughs) Well, and again, it's, it's a man stumbling into something that actually is relevant to the time. But, uh, anyway, no, here's the thing. The last Jedi is all execution. It is all execution. It is. Ryan Johnson knew what the fuck he was doing. He knew what the fuck he was doing when he made the choices he made. You are just upset at the choices he made, but the choices he made were good and necessary. I don't think that there are other choices that he could have made. I don't think that there are, maybe on a tiny level, but I think overall to do a sequel trilogy correctly Ryan Johnson made all most I don't know I don't want to say all just no, to you can not get all. slapped but like he made all the right decisions if the prequels exist to set up why the empire exists and how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader that's one thing but the sequels we don't know what the end game is we don't know where we're going so all we have is tropes and classic uh, and trope like, all we have is tropes and pieces of the story and the ability to continue them or subvert them. And continuing them is very boring. Subverting them in a smart and fulfilling way is the right move. So we should start talking about the movie before like, we get into like too much deep in themes. but
0: I just, I, I did want to agree with you because I think I, I think I did make a point to say this in the our Force awakens talk. Uh, Ryan Johnson was in a corner. Like, there was what he did with this movie was really the only thing you could do after what The Force Awakens did and where it let it literally yeah. left a cliffhanger in a Star Wars movie. It literally left in the middle of a scene. Like, what the fuck was Ryan supposed to do with like most of what? jj left him other than other than this because you can't even build to ray meeting luke for the first time she already did it <laughs> but also it's a j didn't even leave him that
1: <laughs> it's a natural progression as well because like when you think about it jj just turned some knobs we talked about this in our coverage of of the force awakens yeah, he turned some knobs. He like he took some things that were classic Star Wars and he changed the setting. So he went, okay, cool. Instead of just like Luke, we're gonna follow Finn, and Finn's gonna be a stormtrooper. So I'm gonna turn that knob. So I'm gonna make it so like villains are redeemable in this universe. Okay, then like non-force villains are redeemable. Okay, I'm gonna make the Jedi a girl, and I'm gonna change what is interesting about her and the the things that would normally align with Luke, and I'm gonna change it there, and I'm gonna make. Nobody is going to be like a bounty hunter or a scoundrel. It's just going to be like Poe. And so we're going to play with these dials a little bit. I'm going to change these settings and see how it changes the movie and to see how it makes makes a new hope's structure better. Um and then so what is Ryan Johnson to do? Does he turn those knobs back? Because then he has to then go through the process of back to original Star Wars tropes and then come out some other end. No he only has one choice is to turn things up and change things even more and subvert things even more and it's it's the only thing to do and it's the right thing to do
0: <sighs> i just so it's, at the top you, of
1: the movie
0: <laughs> you, you you ever feel like uh, And I know this is a stupid, redundant question that won't have any other answer because there's nothing like this other than this. But do you ever feel like you've had the same conversation over and over again for five years? And then Yeah, people still talk about this fucking shit. You trip. have to go on a podcast and act like you haven't been making the same arguments for five fucking years. <laughs> like this movie is good and I'm sick and tired of saying it's good for five years just to get on this podcast and go, Hey, you know, all those times I said it was good before it's still good. (laughs) So here's what we're
1: going to do. We've set up kind of a big task. to then illustrate over the course of the film. And then at the end, we're going to visit all the criticisms that people give this fucking movie. And we're going to say, no, see you're wrong. Jesus Christ is what we're going to do. Now, did we look up a list of criticisms? No, I don't have the energy for that shit. No, uh, <laughs> I don't. I
0: just, I, no, I've heard them enough times at this point. This is not a
1: debunking movie <laughs> or video or a podcast. Did I say it a movie, video, and podcast? Dear God, uh, <laughs> if, 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 if you can't tell by my voice, gang, I am not well right now. Uh, <laughs> it was very convenient. I was able to watch it in kind of a in kind of a seat of stupor. Uh, she <laughs> should be the title of the episode. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
1: but even then, I st- we're still right. Me being on drugs doesn't make it any different. Uh, anyway, <laughs>
0: it's literally so, 420.
1: <laughs> it is yeah, that's right. We are recording this on 420. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're
0: recording May 4th on 420. Help, and neither Jesus. of us
1: neither of us smoke weed. No. Uh <laughs> anyway, recording 420 for for May the 4th. That's interesting. Um So like I, I think we could do the plot of this in a very quick setup because it's a very it's 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 very close to being it's it's very close to being a bottle episode. Like kind of. I mean it is. But I mean you have Cantobite and you have Octo. And those are the non those are the non bottle parts. But like yeah, it's a bottle it's a bottle movie. We have the the first order has found the rebel base and they're about to blow it up with a dreadnought which is a bigger ship. Which the dreadnought is almost like the ships we get in the final one anyway. Uh and <laughs> that so they're evacuating the base they get everybody out luckily and poe is like distracting them and trying to take out the top cannons so that the bombers can come in they get everybody out earlier than they need to and leia's like everybody needs to duck away and and poe goes no we can take out the dreadnought they do take out the dreadnought but they lose like everybody So he goes back on the ship. uh, Finn wakes up after his injuries from the Starkiller base and uh, Rey is trying to meet Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker uh, is like, hey, uh, I got away for a reason. Uh, I'm not going to train you. It sucks. The Jedi are stupid. I learned that and uh, I can't live with my mistakes. And Rey's like, no, but you have to. And then he goes, no, thank you. And she goes, no, but you have to. And then she goes, no, thank you. And and then she goes, no, but you have to. And then he does. Uh, (laughs) he teaches her all about how the Jedi suck and how the force is great, but the Jedi suck. Um, and she is tempted by the dark side at some points. And he's like, that scares me. Uh, and so we'll, we'll detract from them for a little bit. So Finn tries to run away, tried to find Rey. He gets, uh, he gets caught by, uh, Rose who is very like, Hey, no one, no one deserts. Cause my sister died for this shit. Uh, and then the two of them come up with a plan where if they can just get rid of, Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, this is really great that I'm doing this, uh, hopped up on, uh, methamphetamines. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they're tracking them through light speed. That's the big thing is that they, the empire, the first order has found a way to track them through light speed. So now uh, Finn and Rose have to come up with a way to get onto the ship, break a code, get in there to, to get rid of the tracker so they can hop to light speed one time. That's all they have fuel for and then get away and then they can't be found. Uh, so they have to go to a casino planet as, uh, prompted by Maz Kanata, uh, to find this guy. They don't find this guy. They find this other guy. They break out of there. They break a bunch of shit along the way. And then they bring this other kind of morally gray character back with them. They end up back on the ship. Ray, has this weird force connection with Kylo Ren where they're talking to each other and they're kind of like setting up something we all hate. Uh, but they're kind of doing a light side, dark side kind of conversation thing through the force from long distance. Uh, they're in a long distance relationship. Don't kill me. (laughs) Uh, Luke sees that and is like, no! Ray finds out the truth about what happened between Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker, is that Luke got really, really scared, lit his lightsaber, and then Ben woke up and saw his lightsaber lit, and then uh he wanted to take it back, but he couldn't, and then Ben switched to the dark side. And they both have their own side of the story, and then Ray pieces it all together. So Ray goes to Snoke's ship, where Kylo Ren is to try to get him to stop being on the bad side. It doesn't necessarily work but they do kind of form this bond meanwhile poe's been like relieved of his command and tries to mutiny against laura dern and then laura dern is like nah just hold out just hold out just hold out oh yeah leia's been incapacitated this entire time because her son decided that he had to kill another parent which doesn't make any sense um it like emotionally not in the case of the movie it makes sense in the movie uh So eventually Poe has to go through a series of being told no to him to finally fucking learn. They all evacuate the main ship and then, uh, basically all at one time, uh, Finn and Rose get caught. The guy, the morally gay character played by Benicio Del Toro, uh, betrays them. No surprise. They're about to be executed. There is uh, a big fight with Rey and Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren finally decides to kill Snoke. Um, but, and so they fight all of his guards in a really cool battle and then, uh, then they basically are like, well, no, but you should come to the dark side. Well, no, but you should come to the light side. Let's fight over the lightsaber. They fight over the lightsaber with the force. The lightsaber bursts in half. And then simultaneously, they're about to execute Finn and Rose. And then simultaneously, Laura Dern goes lightspeed through Snoke's ship. It's awesome. Uh, then they're all scrambling, running. They all end up on this uh, nearby planet crate uh, where Kylo Ren comes to kind of snuff out. There's maybe like 35 of the entire resistance left. Um, they're just waiting there. Luke's ghost appears we find that out that it's not actually him uh to basically distract kylo ren long enough for them to all get away in the millennium falcon uh kylo ren kind of goes off the deep end luke uses his last dying breath to do the force ghost and force projection onto that other planet and then he dies looking at the twin suns over octo uh and the resistance is reborn that day and a little boy looks up at the stars that is the last jedi while hopped up on cold medicine
0: this movie is good, you idiots.
1: <laughs> so little bits, little bits and pieces on along the way. Uh, the closed captioning. One of the. I mean, again, once again, similar to the Force Awakens. They know how to start a movie. This movie starts great. Like Poe fucking with them is so much fun. And I noticed because I had the closed <laughs> captioning on. It says it must have been this in the script, but we didn't hear it because we didn't have closed captioning. He said, "Yeah, I, I, can you put me through to General Hugs?" And he says, this is general Hux. And then he, the the whole, uh, okay. Yeah. I'll hold still holding. And then she just, he's just playing into it. Uh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And then he just goes ham on the entire top of the ship. And I'm like, guy, do you guys not know who Poe Dameron is at this point? Like, Shouldn't that be something you know that this is the dude <laughs> that you need to shoot right now? Because like, that's
0: actually a fair point. Because they they'd know Luke because he's the one that destroyed the Death Star, isn't that right? Right. Oh shit. Yeah. That's actually so. Like, a-
1: <laughs> they should never. I mean, given fascist sarcaki, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. they should never un- underestimate. They should never underestimate fucking uh like fucking uh X wings again, um. And also, our like question. Based on this scene, is Poe the best pilot in the series? I would say yes.
0: That's not fair. Okay, because nobody else <laughs> is put in a position That's to do fair. anything like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he does. He literally does like a he drifts in a X-wing to turn around after that. After that final like after that final uh, turret to start taking out uh, TIE fighters. And I'm just like, this is the... and also, I mean, like given it's a it's, a, it's the same thing with the sequels where it's like, you can do a lot of really cooler shit than you could do before because we just have the technology. Now we have the technology to honor the imagination in a good way.
0: But like, if you go based on what other characters have said, I mean, all the Skywalker boys like are supposedly dumb, good pilots. And yet, I still think pose better. Right. it's like and yet luke does one thing at the end of a new hope and never really does anything
1: Anakin's got like three instances where he can say that he is
0: I mean i think the the best the best argument is the pod race because like he was eight
1: <laughs> yeah and then the while i hate the scene because they gave jake lloyd the dumbest lines uh the naboo starfighter scene is another instance where it's like he's just got it innately although he's kind of failing up in that moment uh anyway uh captain kennedy the guy who's on the dreadnought his voice is so extra and i love it (laughs) what are you doing fire on the base and I'm like, okay, I love this guy. I want. I wish he didn't die, because uh, everybody, because everybody in the next movie who's not Hux is just bland white dude. Uh, I wanted. Th- I want this guy. I want this guy in the next movie, but he's not. He dies. Um. So yeah, skipping around the bomb release sequence where they're starting to lose, and Rose's sister is doing the drop with no pilot, is like so well i don't want to say shot because it's mostly cgi but like so well put together and it's like it's great suspense it's great that like she falls and then it cuts to black and then she wakes up and the thing is above her and she has to kick it kick it and like everything's building everything's building and it flies past her and you think it's all done and then she grabs it and then hits it and then she's a hero and she goes up in flames while kissing her medallion i'm like it's good i don't care that we don't know who that person is that's Honestly, it's almost better. It's great storytelling to show us a character that that we're getting a lot of information about who she is just off this alone, and it's okay that we don't see her again because she did the thing. She did the thing, and that was what was really important.
0: Yeah, it also, it's, a, it's an amazing chef's kiss way to immediately just skip so many levels of introducing a character just the second you learn that rose is the sister of that person it's just like oh ah uh uh-huh okay i'm immediately more invested than you in you now than i would have been otherwise um it's kind of like when you introduce um what the uh um mm? I don't think is is his name Zeke. I think his name is Zeke from uh the Matrix uh 2 onward who is the brother of Tank and Dozer from the first movie who becomes the pilot. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. And it's just like just the association does a lot. Just the association just it skips so many like formalities. Of like you know, well, who are you? What are you about? Yada yada yada. Like,
1: well, it also tells us based on what Rose is saying and how Rose reacts to to Finn trying to leave, it tells us that this is a family who's been in who's been in this shit.
0: Yeah, which is really, which is really what we need.
1: <laughs> right? Like, this is a. Of all things, like, you know, there's the, the thing about the sequels is that there are so many moments like this that we don't get in the other ones. Like, the first one is so hyper-focused on the three. And then you get Lando added in, and then let, that's really it. And then the, the prequels are so focused on Anakin Obi-Wan. Anakin Obi-Wan, a little bit of Padme. Um, that like, in the sequels, we get these other people with a vested interest in the development of the galaxy in a way that like, makes the Skywalkers not the most important people in the world that we then go back on in the next fucking movie. Um, sh- like, you know, there's there's people who care about what happens. Why do you care about what happens to the galaxy? Because I'm one of the idiots who lives in it. Uh, <laughs> to quote Star-Lord. Uh, yeah, so, Star-Lord yeah, like it's, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna say something that might be a bit controversial, but you know, we're talking about The Last Jedi on May, on May 4th, so fuck it, we're already here. Um, Cause we I'm need gonna, a
1: little controversy.
0: Cause it feels so empty in the black void of space. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Rose is just a better Cassian.
1: Interesting, they're very different.
0: But one of the few things we get from Cassian in Rogue One that is supposed to flesh out his character is, I've been in this fight since I was six years old.
1: Interesting. Okay, okay, okay,
0: okay. But Rose is literally, like her entire family has been in this fight since as long, far back as she can remember. And she's just here doing it. She's here actually commenting about like, The fucking war profiteering and, like, the stupid space capitalism of it all. And, like, actually does shit and inspires an actual main character (laughs) who needed to be inspired. Meanwhile, Cassian has the personality of the wooden chicken from Rapper's Delight. Like, that is such a specific... (laughs) And I love myself for that. Um, but I genuinely I it's so many things about this one movie are like, why did you pick that to 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 piss and moan about? So many things about this movie are like, really? That? Yeah. Or just the movie in general, because like Rose in concept, one of the best things, one of the best additions to the movie, to the sequel trilogy. And we all know what happened, but we're obviously going to talk about it later. And Uh, it's just, like, I can think of, like, there's another thing that you've already mentioned that we're going to definitely circle back to. A lot of people complain about that. It's one of the coolest things in the fucking movie. And I'm like, why do you pick the best things about, so far, the best movie in this sequel trilogy to piss and moan about? Like... I'm actually flabbergasted. Do you not like good fun things? Do you not like, pre- have the prequels broken you so badly <laughs> <laughs> that you're just like, no, 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 is no. Is this a
1: trauma response?
0: Where is the taxation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it's not like you didn't get some sort of like political commentary. Are you just like too pro? Are you just too much of a bootlicker to enjoy it? Um,
0: like the people anyway. rhetoric saying like, Oh, what's all this politics doing in my star Wars? Literally the last <laughs> th- three, f- the not counting force awakens. The last three movies you got were drowning in politics.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not only that, like there's a play thing called the trade federation, two words that put me to sleep in high school. Um, two words,
0: <laughs> one family. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Do you have anything until the lights until we finally actually see Luke again?
0: I mean, I have no written down notes, so That's I'm more true. so just
1: Uh so let's talk about the lightsaber toss. The thing that if we're going to get into like people being mad about something, something that people were so mad about in the moment, which I loved. I loved it for the moment it happened. And here's why here's why I loved it. Because there is a certain amount of joy to being just flabbergasted. And I was genuinely caught off guard when that happened. When he just tossed it away. I was like, what? Uh, uh, wha- what? Oh, what? Because that there's <laughs> joy in going like, but there's joy in being like, what is gonna happen next? Why did you do that? Is what is going on? What's going on? Please tell me more. I wanna know more. That's good, that's good storytelling. That is a that is such a, a right turn that it it, it's so good. It's so good. And it makes sense. It makes sense after everything that people said about the fucking prequels and the Jedi being misunderstood as too much of the good guys. It makes total sense that Luke would be like, nah, not this. I'm not doing this. Also, I'm sorry. Luke is a gay sassy bitch. He always has been. It's just that he went from being a young sassy bitch to an old sassy bitch. And those have two different characteristics.
0: Like genuinely... Genuinely, the one actual defining character trait of Luke Skywalker <laughs> in A New Hope, but also in the other two as well, is that I mean, he's kind of a mouthy little brat. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, a little bit. Like, even Yoda talks about, it, like, I can't train this fucking punk. Like,. <laughs> Like, legitimately, he- Yoda stops everything, turns to the fucking spirit realm, and is just like, Obi-Wan, please, please don't- don't make me do this. I don't have the fucking patience. These are my retirement years. I'm basically the Star Wars version of B. Arthur. Don't do this to me. Don't you saddle this fucking punk on my fucking doorstep. Please. That is Luke. That is Luke. Luke is that guy. people act like like because he wore all black and choked a bunch of guards in return of the jedi that he's a different dude now and i'm like no no he's not
1: because because (laughs) when we when we did see that one scene from the mandalorian and Uh. the the meme that came back was are you wearing the the chanel boots yes um, because yeah, like, he's a diva. And that's the thing is that, like, I don't know if the irony is that, like, Mark Hamill was, Mark Hamill fueled a lot of the fan stuff afterwards because he was being respectful. He was like, respectfully, I think Luke is a different character, but I sound none of this movie. That's not my job to do that. Like, you know, I don't totally agree with the character. where I don't really don't agree with the, where the character went, but I did my best with the script, you know, that was there and I respect what happened. Um, and then fans went, see, he knows, um, which is just not true because uh, to a certain extent, I'm going to look at Mark Hamill and go, buddy, I don't know, like, I don't know if you, I don't know how to say this to Mark Hamill because he's so great. But, like, there is a degree of which Ryan Johnson's portrayal of Luke is so correct because people change based on the circumstances that befall them. So, if a diff, knowing the script that you got, if a different set of circumstances had befallen Luke to put him where he was, if it wasn't about his, if it wasn't about like losing the Jedi, the new Jedi order, if it wasn't about being previously cocky, to a point where then when you failed, you couldn't handle it. If it wasn't about someone who was your own flesh and blood being betrayed, then maybe, yeah, you'd be right about who Luke is in that scenario. But everything that Ryan Johnson lays out for Luke to feel in this moment is correct for who he then exhibits himself to be. Somebody who has shut themselves off from the Force, which we see several times in the movie because he can't detect Kylo Ren until he reconnects with the Force, and he doesn't know that Rey is Force-sensitive, and he doesn't know that Han is dead. So we get clues that he's cut himself off from the Force, and Luke Skywalker, cut off from the Force, is probably going to act a lot more like like Owen Lars than he is some sort of grandiose hero. He is not... He is not the proto-myth that you portrayed in the original series, where you kind of got to be everyone. He is an old man with specific experiences that have colored his outlook on the world. He's done the work to know what the Jedi were, to know where it failed, to understand his father, to learn everything he had to learn about the Force, to connect with the Force, and then to realize that it's just going to hurt him too much. Like, Luke Skywalker makes so much sense to me in this movie. And it all starts with that throwing of the lightsaber.
0: Also, legitimately, I have to say once again, people act like this is Ryan's fault. JJ's the one that put him on that fucking planet on that fucking island. Yeah, like- he's the
1: one who said Luke went away and no one knows why. And like the only other thing you could do is be like Luke found the greatest weapon ever, which is not fun. No. Like that's transformers. That's not Jesus. like, that's not like the better storytelling is he went through some shit and he, and a lot of people don't know the truth. And even then Luke doesn't tell the whole truth because he's still ashamed of it. Even Ray, who he doesn't give the time of day at the beginning of the movie. he still, even after knowing her for a little bit lies to her about what the nature of his thing was. He, he said, well, he was too far gone, blah, blah, blah. And then later, Ben is like, no, he showed up ready to kill me. And then you get the real story, which is, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Little
0: column A, I, little column B.
1: Well, like, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I went there and I made a mistake and I knew I made a mistake. And all there was was shame. And it was too late because what he saw, what I saw was a scared boy. And then that scared boy had been failed. And it's like, yeah, like it almost like I'm like, Mark, is this hurting your ego a little bit that Luke Skywalker failed in this way? Because it shouldn't, because then you get to be the hero you're supposed to be in a role that you didn't have before. That's the thing. It's that we knew that Luke was going to come back as some sort of training the next generation. There really was no other option. There was no other Jedi set up in a way that was meaningful for us to follow into that role. But the thing is, you you have to subvert that role. He can't just be, I'm going to teach you this. Like, that's boring. That's Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's the, sorry, let me rephrase. That's Ben Kenobi. That's boring. What you did was something far more interesting, which was give him a perspective on everything that's going on. And that made the movie interesting
0: also yeah like i've already said that like you know brian was put into a corner in the sense that like you know well he had to say something he had to he had to make up some reason that was strong enough so as to why luke would put himself on this secluded island on this even more secluded planet and disconnect himself from the force we didn't have any idea what was going on nobody could find him and he had to come up with all this shit because of what jj did but then on top of that it's like, again, I already mentioned, JJ already had the setup for Ray and Luke at the end of Force Awakens. So he doesn't even have the freedom to like plot out. Change how, how they meet, yeah. Yeah, how Ray encounters Luke. Basically, that lightsaber scene, I don't think Ryan did this on purpose, but for me, it can't help but read also a little bit from a meta standpoint of like, well, You gave, I mean, shit, I, we gotta just go, we, there's no buildup now. You just gotta go zero to 60 a little bit with this because what else do you do? If you already know that Luke's going to say no, because he has to say no, because why else would he stay on this fucking planet on this Island? You already have to figure out a way to like, basically, you know, Luke is going to be disheveled reclusive like angry grumpy miserable hermit well you can't have ray just happen across him the way that you did luke uh, happen across yoda you are faced literally with them being face to face together right now
1: knowing at least one person knows who the other person is
0: right so it's like how do you demonstrate all that in like a second well, yeah, just chuck the lightsaber over your shoulder, like it again. As as we've already said, like the decisions made were bold decisions, but a lot of those decisions are just, what the fuck else are you gonna do? Like, yeah, like of course he made this decision. He was putting, he was put in a position where it's like, what is the other alternative? They just have a quick powwow over the over the lightsaber, where Luke has to basically just say with words that he's a grumpy hermit that won't train her.
1: Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know in one action. Not everything it's, you need to know. Obviously, it makes well, you yeah. want to know more, <laughs> but it tells you it tells you something much stronger than him saying, I cannot take that. I cannot take that because I won't say. Like that's that's dumb. Don't right. do that.
0: And it's the perfect mirror to what happened with Luke and Yoda, which is that Yoda puts on this front to test Luke. And then once the test is over, he drops the facade and, you know, basically like becomes Yoda again. Um, But in this way, in this way, it's kind of like not the reverse, but it's like the kind of natural like counter to it in the sense of like, well, one was a an enigmatic mysterious trainer who could come in any shape or form, and now you have the reluctant trainer and so this is how you have to introduce that as well it's It's the same kind of structure, but with a completely different context um but you know, I feel like we're we th- there's a lot of time on just this one thing with Luke. Um and I mean kind of rightfully so That's why I brought because it up. one of the biggest yeah. things with this movie is people's reaction to Luke but yeah.
1: The funny thing is when you talked about like J.J. leaving it the way it is, I, I, all I can think about is Pat Oswalt does this joke about how he's like, every movie you love was edited by a woman, which means it was directed by a woman. The man goes out and he gets his camera and he's just pointing his camera everywhere and he's just like, oh, I'm getting all the shots, just like jizzing all over everything. And then he goes, oh. I'm done, and then the woman comes in and goes, "All right, sweetie, you done? Okay, now I gotta make I I gotta make something out of this." And that's that's Ryan Johnson to JJ's mystery box scenario. Is JJ went, "I'm Star Warsing," and then Ryan went, "Okay, well, I guess I gotta, I'll pick up your toys here and uh, make something interesting and cohesive out of it."
0: Yeah, genuinely speaking, I think all of the mysteries that <laughs> JJ set up, yeah. I think- I th- are every single one of them addressed and kind of capped at this movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't. Maz Kanata's
1: Maz Kanata's relationship to the lightsaber is never explained in any movie. Well, um, that is w- that is the only one I can think of. And then, yeah, Ray's parents are addressed by this movie, and then it gets undone. Uh Ugh. like Finn doesn't really have much other unwinding to do in this case. Well Nor the uncertainty po, from like, the
0: previous movie was just what was going to happen to Finn and they addressed that right. literally with the first shot of Finn it was like well he's right. he's back the comic he's alive
1: <laughs> What do you mean Finn naked? What do you mean Finn naked wet? Um <laughs> Pogan a little turned on there. Uh anyway, uh <laughs> I love Christ. that the porgs I love that the porgs specifically exist because arctic puffins are too social to not get in the shot. Uh I don't know if you know this about Arctic puffins because I filmed this in Ireland. I don't know what you know about Arctic puffins, but Arctic puffins are like so social to the point where if you put a fake Arctic puffin out with a single leg like attached to a rock, Arctic puffins will fly up next to it and then like perch one foot up to mimic the other one because they're like, yeah, no, I'm doing it too. And so, like, they were just everywhere. They couldn't get rid of them. And so they designed porgs to be digitally input wherever there are actually Arctic puffins behind them so that they had an actual, like, in-universe created animal. And then they proceeded to go, and toys. <laughs> Plushies, please. I mean,
0: generally speaking, like – of all the marketable plushy, fluffy things, porgs that are great. Star Wars porgs are legitimately the ones that
1: hamster chickens
0: actually make me laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one the she- thing where Chewie's about to eat one and the porg's are like. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
0: That's like one of the tensest moments in all of Star Wars. It's just me watching Chewbacca go like, Are you really gonna eat this fucking thing in front
1: of me? Yeah, so I was like, uh oh, fine.
0: It's <laughs> a so bad enough you already killed and roasted it alive.
1: Yeah, it's like it's too it's too late. Like
0: what are you gonna do? <laughs> That's like one of the darkest jokes, and it's still one of the best ones in all of Star Wars
1: it's certainly more appetizing than green milk straight from the teat. Oh. Um, I imagine he's probably pissed about that. I, w- I, I, as an actor, I would totally understand. You're like, you're going to make me milk this thing. And then like <laughs> slurp up its milk. That's, uh, that's not, I don't, I'm not interested in that. No, thank you. Um, at least the fishing thing is cool um but no i was like okay all right i get mark you are allowed to be mad at that you are allowed to be mad at that moment um i do like that uh when he asked where she's from and she's like nowhere and he's like everybody's from somewhere and she goes Jakku, and he goes ah that's all right that's pretty much nowhere um i'm like great perfect (laughs) a guy a kid from tatooine is telling a kid from (laughs) a kid from jaku that is that where she lives is nowhere that's fun um Hopping back, I think one of my, like, the least interesting scenes is when Andy Serkis is just berating Adam Driver for no good reason, um, where he's, like, bowing in front of him and just being like, ah, oh, you're a weak little bitch, right? You got a little Band-Aid on? Oh, how's your little Band-Aid, you little bitch? Um, you're we- That's literally all he does. That's all he does the entire time. It's just like, he's just like, I'm going to make Kylo so pissed that he's going to go kill something. And that's my entire relationship with him. And then he proceeds to like break the helmet. And here's the thing about that is that like we got some incelliness with him in the last one and we definitely get a little bit later in their force connection, but a, maybe a little bit less. Like Adam driver gets to actually be a little bit charming in this. Um, but like, really, I could understand. I think he's true. Char- I mean, I just think Adam driver's charming. Um, I've got, I've got John Oliver syndrome, um, but no, I think that like the thing is that like him breaking the helmet again, another choice by Ryan Johnson to go, okay, cool. We introduce this character as a, as a play on Darth Vader. And then we're just going to get, we're just going to get rid of that thing. Like he, we're going to try to, we're going to get him to move past it. We can see the actor's face. The actor wants his face seen, I'm sure. So like, we can just, we can go with it. We can make it work. And I would understand the, the forceful breaking of it more, if he was just a little bit younger, like he's just like, he's a little too old to have that tantrum. It's one thing to like crush it with the force or like leave it behind. It's another thing to like literally slam it against a wall. I'm just like, uh I know we saw some rage in him in the last one, but he almost feels older in this one through the rest of the movie that that stood out to me on a rewatch where I'm just like, oh, we're playing on this anger now, but it doesn't really come up in the same way. It comes up in different ways later
0: Meh. i'm kind of i'm kind of fine with it just because i that's just what his character is regardless of yeah yeah, age. yeah. His, the entitlement and the ego and the pride and the stubbornness you know it's just a it's a volatile combination plus he's being egged on by Snoke
1: Yeah, yeah 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 um I really don't like... I know it was to set up Solo, but I don't like the retconning of Han having dice that then everybody else, like, cares about. I mean... Like, that was totally a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing where they're like, oh, we gotta connect them. But I'm just like, he didn't have them in this trilogy originally. So Honestly,
0: like, if anything, this is kind of also a tri- an original trilogy problem because the actual relationship... And I... Look, I... They're going to come for me for one of 10,000 reasons. Today, I'm just going to bask in the hatred a little bit. The the relationship between Han and Leia was not good in the original trilogy. It was not Yeah, good. we talked about that. It was not good. Because you don't even there's like zero there's like zero time of like them just being a couple. So like How do you call back to Han? There's no physical, like, thing. His vest. There's no thing to go, like, to bring up to be... Like, perfect example. There's a thing to bring up for, like, Luke. And that's R2-D2. That's, like, the shorthand in The Force Awakens for, like, oh, Luke. R2-D2. Then, in this movie... R2-D2 guilt trips him so hard. Yeah, he cusses
1: him out. He has to say, he basically has to give a Captain America language to (laughs) R2-D2. But
0: like, you know, showing the projection is something that it's like a physical callback. There's no physical callback to fucking Leia and Han unless you drag her to the corner of the Millennium Falcon where he basically was like a whole maybe 20 years difference between oh consensual actual sexual assault of like their relationship quote unquote starting what if it, it
1: was a piece of carbonite is that morbid <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's not e- like because
1: but it's like oh it's how I it's just- we we lost him once and so now we hang on to this to remember <laughs>
0: It could be I mean, like a little it could
1: be a little a little man etched in carbonite that looks like Han Solo.
0: <laughs> you mean like those Han Solo and Carbonite like keychains? Yes. I want oh, Jesus. it. Jesus. Um But it I was just thinking about this earlier, in that one thing that everyone makes such a big deal about the I love you, I know. And how it was like, oh, we had Han Solo saying "I love you too," but it just didn't feel right; didn't suit his character. So we just has, had him say, "I." We we put Han in, we put Harrison in front of the camera. And we just said, "Action!" Just say say whatever it is that comes to you. And he said, "I know." And he's like, "Oh, that's perfect." But I was thinking about that earlier today, and I'm like, "Boy, how how insecure were we in masculinity?" <laughs> Back in 1980, where Yeah, just give
1: them give them give them 30 more seconds for the carbonite to start up. And she's like, You know that's what you're gonna say to me?
0: <laughs> like, I was just thinking a day, it almost would have kind of made more sense if it was just reversed then. If Han finally, after an entire movie of, you know, ducking it and not actually saying it and You know, being all coy and not actually. And then finally, when the chips are on the table, he goes, look, this this might be the last time I see. I love you. And she just she acknowledges like, I know. I mean, I've always known.
1: If Finn Ray would have been a thing, they could have reversed it there. (laughs)
0: Don't don't. Don't don't pick it old stars, <laughs> for me. <Okay>. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's just it's just a thing of like, wait, hold on. I got one too many sidetracks and I got a little lost. Oh yeah. Uh because there's no sent. but I bring that up because there's no sentimentality in Han and Leia. B- they're too busy making them two alphas. They're too busy making them have this like, Diane and is it Jack and Diane?
1: Sam and Diane.
0: Sam and Diane. They're too busy having this Sam and Diane to dancing, arguing equals flirtation thing to actually have genuine moments where they just connect and that's it. And because of that, there's not a lot of ways to really just harken back to the previous movies and the love the love story other than the John Williams score that the characters can't hear. <laughs> so, which I mean, does come up again in this movie. And I'm just like, Oh, there, there's your cue. There's a little Johnny W. Johnny Dub. Johnny Dub was working this movie. Yes, he was. There's like a light motif, like every five. Well, minutes. like the moment,
1: the moment at the end, <laughs> jumping way to the end of the movie where Luke is dying and the, and he's staring out to the suns and the main theme is playing. It just calls back to that whole thing, that interview that he gave where he's like, Oh man, everybody else has got their themes. And John Williams, they're like, Oh yeah, no, the, the Leia theme plays and blah, blah, blah. He's like, When am I going to get a theme? And then somebody was like, Mark, your the, th- the movie is your theme. <laughs> the main theme is yours.
0: Jesus. <laughs> like, come on, Mark. <laughs> Come on, buddy.
1: <laughs> Listen, he was an actor in the '70s. Most of them were not smart. Uh, <laughs> uh, Good lord, <laughs> it's true.
0: What a thing to say that's on the internet forever.
1: <laughs> I don't. Th- I, I'm not saying Mark Hamill's not a smart person. I'm saying a kid <laughs> in the '70s doing a relatively low budget film that no one knew was going to blow up in this way not exactly an ivy league scholar um i'm sure he learned a lot on the job uh <laughs> i think we said that when we talked about a new hope that mark that mo- pretty much everybody learned a lot on the job um i imagine carrie fisher taught mark hamill a lot about life and acting um <laughs> yeah uh speaking of great actors uh laura dern doesn't actually have that much to work with in this movie and yet I love Laura Dern.
0: Watching it as an older man in 2022 is, admittedly, it is a very different experience uh, than watching it as a, you know, very young person still in 2017. And, like, I knew the concept of, like, toxic masculinity, and I knew about the patriarchy, but I was still kind of, Fairly new into truly understanding those concepts the way I do now. Um, now, it is very remarkably like, you know, I, I I know 100% what Ryan is doing. I know exactly what he's doing because he's framing it in two different ways at the same time. He's doing... You know what? It's like how we... I I know I briefly mentioned this at least once in the Transformers episode where... There's this dissonance between what's written on the page, the text, and then what the camera is showing you, what you're actually seeing visually. And there can sometimes be a dissonance. And in the Transformers movies, it's bad, at least in the first one specifically, because... Megan Fox's character is literally talking about, in the scene where Bumblebee breaks down, she's literally talking about how men don't take her seriously, they only see her as a piece of ass, and she's so much more than that. But the camera is leering at her body and showing Sam being, like, super turned on. So there's this dissonance (laughs) that actually kind of doesn't serve the film that well and kind of gets in the way of like true character development for Michaela Baines to the point where people just trusted the visuals of what they were seeing so much that a lot of people, this is a lot of, this is from the Lindsay Ellis video where she dissects this really well. Uh, She took a poll of her uh, Twitter followers and was like, so what do, you, what, did you, what do you think about Michaela Baines? What do you think of her character? And a lot of people were like, she has a character? Uh, I think she's just a, a, a hot slut, basically. Like, you know, paraphrasing. And yeah, that'll be what happens sometimes if you have that sharp of a dissonance. But here, it feels like it is definitely done on purpose to where, visually, you side with Poe. Visually, there's a lot of cues and hints and subtle things that make you question Holdo and favor Poe. But if you just look at the text, Holdo is doing nothing wrong the entire time, Uh and Poe is actually super super bad at this
1: (laughs) yeah so like that's the whole thing i truly did think because this is the way movies taught me to think the first time i watched this i was like she's got to be a traitor she's got to be a traitor somehow right she's got to have something about her that's gonna like we're gonna reveal something about her and then no what happens is we get full-on confirmation that like hey the guy that you're trusting as an audience member a lot is failing he's making mistakes because he won't listen And because he needs to be someone that he's not. And it takes until literally after the mutiny gets foiled for, for me to go, okay, all right. I trust Holdo. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh wow. It took me like a long, Or the second time watching it'd be like thinking back to the first time I watched it. I was like, it took me a long time to trust her. And then she ends up being one of the best characters in the, in the sequel trilogy. Um, because she just sticks to her guns and she has this moment where it definitely, if you, if you're thinking that she's going to turn coat and she's talking to Poe and calling him a fly boy, who's trigger happy, you think that's her masking herself. But then when you watch it, knowing that she's just being truly genuine and you hear what she says about Poe being like, Hey, in times like this, we actually don't need you. And then looking at the world we live in right now, it's like, yeah, God could be using Admiral Holdo right now. Someone who is just as like, okay, cool. Wait, hold on. We're going to do it this way. It's not about shooting first. It's not about being a badass. It is not about being a hero. It is about surviving and taking care of people. And it's like, yeah. So her criticisms of him are totally founded and it makes total sense for her to have that like sneer about sneer at him being like, listen. I've dealt with people like you my entire life. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm like, thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this kind of a character.
0: And it's very, it's very revealing because when Poe's unconscious and she's talking just very openly with Leia, she says like, yeah, I like, I like this. Yeah, guy. I
1: like him. Yeah.
0: I like this. It's guy. like,
1: it, it's, it's the thing about leaders. Cause there's, there's a lot of mentorship going on in this movie. There is Holdo and, uh, like, there's Holdo and Leia mentoring Poe. There is Luke eventually mentoring Rey. And there is Rose mentoring Finn. And they're all taking, the they are all taking a opposite perspective to what the character starts the movie with and winning them over to a different side of things. Like, every single main, of the main trio has to learn something very big about their world through the process of interacting with these with their foils. And that's super important to the movie and just super important to have in any major franchise. Like you need to have something like that where they where whether it's in Marvel, it's typically one hero in their individual movie gets a moment like that where they finally have to reckon with like, here's what I thought was real. And not just in a hero's journey way, like it, over the course of several films in a long arc, I thought that I was going this way and I got a turn. And like this, that all three of them have that turn in this movie to the better. They are better people at the end of this movie. They are better equipped to deal with the problem at hand because they're learning from the mistakes of the people before them.
0: Yeah. Though. I do wonder if Luke really, how much does Luke teach Ray really? I think Ray
1: goes in, so like, this is a great moment for me to talk about. Just, I love the fact that when she physically reaches out and he has the reed in his hand and he messes with her, I love that moment. It's one of my favorite moments in the entire trilogy, uh, where he's just like, do you feel it? She's like, I feel it. He's like, that's a force. Um, It's just so much fun. Uh <laughs> But co- no, because here's the thing. Here's what, Ray goes there, hearing the legend about the Jedi, and- hearing the legend that is Luke Skywalker. Everything about this is that I'm going to go and I'm going to get the legend and I'm going to get him to come back with me. And along the way, I, I'm i going to learn from him and I'm going to become the legend and we're going to build the Jedi back up. And what Luke has to say to her is go, no, 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 no. The Jedi can't come back. They need, We need something different because here's what actually happened. Your, your legend is wrong. Your perception of me is wrong. Your perception of the force is wrong. Your perception of the Jedi is wrong. He says all of those things. He says that thing that is kind of clumsily repeated when he says it to Kylo Ren, which is like everything you said in that sentence is wrong. I'm like, uh, you could have delivered that line better, Mark. Um, cause it was a little clunky. It also could have been written better. Um, but yeah, he has to go and say the force is just everything. The force has to do with balance. The force is gonna find balance. It's like that that monologue rant that uh Freddie Prince Jr. went off on a in a podcast because he play he plays a character in, I guess, the Rebels series. Um uh, he plays a Jedi and he's like, I talked to George Lucas. I know about it. The force is balanced, and here's the blah blah. He goes off with this whole thing, it's amazing. Um, yeah, Luke understands. It's like the force has nothing to do. Like, yeah, I saw light in my father, but like That doesn't mean that I am the force. The force is beyond all of us. And he takes the moments to sit that sit her down and tell her that. And he also chastises her when it's like, hey, you need to be able, in order for you to be balanced, you need to be able to not just go to the dark immediately. Because I'm looking at you right now, it's not going to give you anything. It's trying to say, I have something you want, and it's not going to actually return on that. And that was something that took me until this watch to get, is that when she does go down into the into the depths and comes up empty handed and says she feels so alone. That's Luke being proven right. It's not that Ray should never go to the dark side and shouldn't find that balance in herself. It's that Luke knows that it's not going to give her anything that it's toying with her uh, to see how much she's going to give up. And so like Luke knows all these things. And I'm not just saying these as like a Trevor's understanding of Luke Skywalker. There's evidence in the movie in what he says in that he says Everything you said about this is wrong. The force is all encompassing. It had something that it, it said it had something you needed. It wasn't going to give it to you. I know I failed. I tried to restart the Jedi. I was, I had hubris. I failed in this. And that is a reflection of the Jedi's order in and of itself. It's not about the weapon. It's about the force. Um, the lightsaber is not the thing that you need. And the lightsaber is not the thing that Luke uses to win in the end. All of this is proven true through the movie. There's evidence in the movie.
0: I actually don't know if I agree with all of that. Okay. Because I think it's one of Luke's hugest weaknesses that he is so paralyzingly afraid of the dark side. It almost. Okay. That,
1: that, uh, that makes sense. I, I will give you that.
0: Yeah. Cause like historically it is almost always I mean, Darth Darth is to his, like worst decisions.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, It's also what led Kylo Ren to, you know, he lost Kylo Ren because he was so afraid of the dark side. And when he sees Rey do the same thing, he literally just does this exact, he has the same knee-jerk reaction. And it's like he's not learning his lesson, which kind of gives credence to why Yoda literally has to come down from heaven like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right, I'll be back, Obi-Wan. Jesus Christ. I gotta go, jeez, I gotta go talk to this kid. Hey!
1: yeah and that's also a great scene so maybe so maybe taking it back i think you're absolutely right i think luke is deathly afraid of the dark side but i think that then to to update what i said i think they learned that lesson together then
0: yeah i think it's a thing of like because i've said a couple times i don't know if i said it on the podcast but i've said a couple times and it's going to seem like i'm going in a completely different direction i'm going somewhere but like i've said a few times. Wouldn't it have been interesting if Kylo Ren was a woman instead? Mm Hmm. Because it would give a bit more credence to a lot of things very quickly and would sort of just change a lot of the context of some things. Like there's just something about when you've had six movies with mostly male characters and male leads and male Skywalkers that were big Billy badass heroes from just the luck of the draw of like, hey, the universe just likes you a lot. And then you have a female Kylo Ren look at Rey who is trying so desperately to learn from Luke. And you have a female Kylo Ren that goes like, why are you going to him? Because... You know, he's just gonna do things the way they've always been done. That's the problem with Luke. He's stuck in the past just like every other Jedi was. He's too dogmatic just like every other Jedi was before him. Every time they get the littlest bit of change, they freak the fuck out. Every time something doesn't go according to plan, they freak the fuck out. It happened with me. That's why I'm here. That's why I am the way I am. Because the second... He saw a little bit of dark side on in me. He thought about killing his own fucking nephew, and isn't that just so sad? Doesn't that paint the picture of just a sad, wounded man clinging on to something that has long since died? Why would you want to listen to Luke? You represent the new in this galaxy. You res- you represent the force evolving, the vo- the force changing, and then like. Ray can kind of say whatever she's going to She's like, no, I don't believe you, yada, 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 yada. But then Kylo could just hit her with, so what happened when you saw the dark side for the first time? Because I know you went there. I know you by now well enough to know that you're a naturally curious person. What did he do? Did he freak out? Did he refuse to train you anymore? And it's like, huh. Yeah, that's a better way
1: of... That's actually a better way of doing their interactions (laughs) thematically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason that sometimes I say, like, sometimes romantic tension or sexual tension on behalf of filmmakers or creatives can sometimes get in the way of some shit. Like, I decided to not read any romantic or sexual tension between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey. And I get... A little bit more out of their interactions because I'm not doing the whole like oh they're gonna kiss type you know little song and dance. The worst act- part in this
1: movie for that is when they're in the elevator and she looks up at him. I'm just like ah it's too much.
0: Yeah, I don't like I don't like the blocking. I don't like how close they get. I don't like the camera angles that frame them certain ways. That's everything that I talk about in terms of like you could have just played this straight. As just like Rey wants him to come to the light because she hasn't given up on him and he and she won't. And Kylo Ren is basically the opposite. Why is that not just enough tension? Why do you need it's the same thing with the rose kiss at the end of just like, you really didn't need to. Yeah. You re you really didn't though.
1: <laughs> Especially because like. The just the, what what would have justified the rose kiss at the end for me would have been like if she was truly the entire time just crushing the fuck over him like as in like she like maybe even admitted to him was like I kind of have a crush on you um, that'd be one thing but then it would take so much away from everything else that's really great about Rose and but they still kept it
0: yeah like I feel like I was one of the few people that when that mo- when the movie first came out and everyone was like flipping out over the kiss and i was just like but honestly i feel like if any franchise was just gonna be like well you can just kiss somebody sometimes and it might not actually mean anything it's star wars
1: yeah because we kinda did uh, that one thing
0: that has happened where a kiss can just be like between friends it could just happen that way and because the rules be of Star Wars are always being perpetually written as they go, they're literally drawing the road as they're walking on it. Like, yeah, you could just not have it be a romantic thing. Although, all that being said, I still don't like the guess. Yeah.
1: Um, Kylo Ren's chest. Uh. <laughs> um. I also forgot I that like
0: thought that was funny. I didn't even think that was sensual at all. I just oh thought, Oh yeah, no,
1: I, th- I thought it was kind of, it's so <laughs> derpy. It, well, It's because the thing is, the irony is that like, I think it's less about his chest. I don't think we're used to seeing men in that high of a waist because he has like the pants and then like the bodice <laughs> and we're just not used to seeing men with that. Like that's a perfectly ra- reasonable fashion choice. And yet we just don't see it in men's clothing because men are intended to hide in their clothing um and to be just giant meat shields um
0: but like to add to my point this is a perfect example this scene right here that we're referencing is a perfect example of sometimes the sexual tension can take away from the entire point otherwise the otherwise the point of a scene because literally Ray goes can you put something on and he just completely ignores her. Yeah. Doesn't give her what he asked for. It's a very invasive relationship. If you're not busy like Looking at Adam Driver's very wide chest, and you're not going like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe something. If you actually look at what's happening, it is a very invasive, manipulative relationship. But you know, when you don't do those things, you get episode nine.
1: It kind of begets an SNL sketch, though, where like you have Ray sitting in one on one screen. Uh, or on one set piece, being like, "Oh la di da di da di da," I am talking to Kylo Red now, and like the first few times, and then he maybe he like says something, and then the punchline is that like the return for the third time, he's not wearing a shirt. Like that's kind of what it says to me, is like it's it, it really like I don't know how people could see it as anything other than funny. It's kind of a punchline.
0: <laughs> and she's like, she's like, she literally is like. Uh I don't have time for this. Uh, no, I don't I don't have the energy for this right now. Can you For God's sake, can you fucking put a shirt on? <laughs> it's literally set up for comedy and yet and yet and yet I just yeah. have to save it for episode nine, I guess. But anyway,
1: like but even then, I do think that some of some of Adam Driver's best moments are actually in those altercations because he gets an opportunity to, like, give his perspective and and actually, like, make some arguments towards the overall themes of the movie. And uh, so, like, yeah, it's I I actually do like their rapport in that moment. It's when you read the sexual tension into it that it, that it detracts from it. Um, so moving on, I. Uh, I forgot, like, directly after that scene when Luke literally obliterates his house out of fear, uh, to to your point, um, that they, like, they fight. Like, they take sticks and fight.
0: Yeah, like, there's a fight. I forgot about this. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> oh, oh, we fighting, we scrapping. World star, we going. Uh <laughs>
1: But I also think it's it's interesting. The note I have here is that like every legend needs to be like reminded of who they are and what they've been doing. That's not who they are to move forward. And like that's that that moment leading into Yoda and him is very much like, hey. If you're not going to do this, I'm going to go fix it. And then he has to have a realization where it's like, damn it, I failed again, but it was be- this time because I didn't teach the person. And so he has to like have a moment where he's like, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? What's going on? I got to go to this. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna formally in it. If there's nothing else I can do, if I have to stay on this island, I have to just like, I just have to put the whole thing up in smoke. And then Yoda calls his bluff. And so like he had to be reminded. And when he says like, Oh, Skywalker, I missed you. It's that moment to be like, yeah, no, dude, you're all up in your head again. You're all up in your head again, and it's hurting people. You can still be an important piece of this, and you can still save the day. You don't have to do it in the way you used to do it. You don't have to make the Jedi, but you got to do it. You don't really have a choice here.
0: So I think now is probably as good a time as any to talk about Finn. Okay, Finn cantobite, rose, all of it, but like finn as 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 well, there are people that say Finn has nothing to do in this movie,
1: um, I'm sorry, what,
0: and I'm curious to know if you actually watched the movie. I watched a movie. Cause he def, cause he definitely, he's de- definitely got an arc going on. He's definitely got that going on there.
1: Like, and then how wow. could you go to the next movie and argue,
0: bro? I've heard so. Like, there's so many things of like, oh, JJ fixed Finn, and I'm like, what?
1: By having him have a secret that he can't reveal to Ray the entire movie, and then basically. <laughs> like- barely peppering in any action for him whatsoever while also sidelining a major character that uh, made an impact on his life in the form of rose
0: for fuck's sake man <laughs> for fuck's yeah you want to talk about it, it,
1: it, when you want to talk about doesn't have anything to do in a movie well talk just talk about Talk about a situation like Rose in The Rise of Skywalker. That is a character who has nothing to do because they won't let her do anything.
0: It breaks my fucking heart. It breaks my fucking... I would have rather you just kill her off screen. I would have, have rather she never woke up from her coma at the end of this movie and you just kept your <laughs> hands off of her. <laughs> <laughs> kept your mitts off of Rose. God damn it. Ugh... Okay, okay 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 but a lot of people have an issue with canto bite and re-watching it now i literally have no idea why you have an issue with canto bite yeah <laughs> like-,
1: like the thing is th- there's only one other time we talk about money in star wars and it's the terrible way because the trade federation is a company like that we don't talk about money in interesting way. We talk about money in like a sign this contract and then you'll get all the riches kind of way in star Wars until now we talk about, this is an opportunity to talk about class and where characters are coming from. Like it's, and also an opportunity to gray the waters a little bit. It's like, yeah, no, like war is fucking hell. And it also, it kind of legitimizes Finn a little bit in that Finn's been trying to run away from this thing the entire time. And he finally has a reason to be like, yeah, no, actually, you know what? I don't sign up for this. This is just going to end up killing more people. Um, and so, like, it's interesting how they play off that.
0: Yeah, genuinely, a lot of people are like, oh, you should just cut out Canto Bight or skip over it or fast forward. Through. I genuinely would have. Yeah, you should have done, like, maybe a bit more in Canto bite, actually. Because I actually thought, if anything, like, it happened a little too quick like the le- like, basically Finn has one monologue from Rose to go from completely ignorant of all of this to yeah. basically being all for it. And I'm like, ah, that could have been stretched out a little bit more. You could have introduced another character native to Canto Bite to have more of a one-on-one with Finn. Like if you briefly split up Finn and Rose and then have, have- him
1: gamble for a hot sec.
0: Or just have like, him you know, win cause at a you, table, because you went Because you like, we meet the the stable boys, but they don't. They don't actually get to do anything. It'd be different if like one of the stable boys actually, you know, had a conversation with Finn, right? And Finn got to see things from his perspective, because it's one thing for Rose to hold Finn's hand and walk him through the horrors of war. It's different. To then have a character who's lived this every day for as long as they can remember, go no, this is my reality, and and Finn's like, what get ki- like, how do you stand it? And he looks at it. He lo- dead ass looks Finn in the eye and goes, "I have hoped that the resistance will win, or something like that." Where it's just like finally, it's just like Finn just needed something like this to physically like smack him in the face with like, "Duh, idiot." Like,
1: <laughs> well, and so on top of that, it's an excellent it's an excellent vessel for the the actual things that come with war and power, because Star Wars is about epic war. It's Star Wars and wars are about power and different players. And the thing is that, like, the whiteness of the previous movies has always loaned itself to, well, there's good guys and bad guys and there's not much else to it. And Finn, being a stormtrooper, who like then goes to this place where there is such inequality in the world we live in now, played by a black man, to Finn, Finn should have and the Colin uh, the Colin Trevorrow script written hit him wrote him as Finn is the breaker of shackles, like Finn is the one who sees all the wrongs in the universe beyond just big army, gotta beat him and sees all those things and breaks them. And that is who Finn should be. And this was a necessary step to get him there. And then he doesn't get to go there. And so I want Finn to have another movie. I want a Finn solo movie. I want a Finn solo movie after the rise of Skywalker, where Finn is going out and helping people. Because that's who Finn is. That is what makes Finn. That's what turns Finn from a coward to a hero. Is the ability to look at that and say, "I know. I walked away from this because I knew it was wrong. I walk into there seeing the wrong you're doing to other people, and it has nothing to do with the First Order, but it's still wrong, and I'm going to fix it." That's who Finn is to me.
0: Wait. So you want a Finn Solo movie? I do. Solo AU. I do. I mean, I've never heard of that shit before, but I mean, hey, you know, it's better, it's still better than Raylo, probably. Yep. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck it, have a part of be a be a part of the Lando show.
0: God damn it! I still, we're not talking about episode nine, Teach. Come on, <laughs> um, it's just so much, so much. I'm genuinely worried about what's going to happen when we record the episode nine <laughs> the episode
1: but okay so like you you said that you never heard of that, that but do you agree with me like that is the per- finn is perfectly poised to be that character and when we look at the the concepts for uh duel of the fates that's what he was he was you know, in the undergrounds I- of coruscant like helping people rise up i'm like makes sense
0: like i don't I would not prefer Duel of the Fates. I'm not one of those people. But, like, I've come up with my own version of Episode Nine that has, like, a little bit of stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, that should always be there, though. Like, even though I don't like Duel of the Fates for reasons, like, there should have been more of a... Like, Finn Finn and Rose should have been a duo. They should have been a tandem that kept going and kept liberating because these were the two that like kind of represented that. Don't you think like that was the whole thing they did in this movie. They were, Um,
1: they, they literally the characters being written at all broke a glass ceiling of Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why we couldn't in this space opera, dumb fantasy for nerds and dorks like us. I don't know why we couldn't just have like the first, Really relevant, like people of color, like main characters that aren't just, you know, off to the side and then they kind of come in every now and again and they're traitors or they get their fucking arms cut off and, like, you know, things like that. You know, the actual genuine, like, main characters of the, of the story, I don't know why they couldn't go around liberating other people. Like, what, what was so bad about that, JJ? I. T- I'm realizing that this is more an episode nine shit, but it, I, uh, it's, mm. uh, well, it, he it
1: sets it up really well. When she, when, uh, Phasma says, you'll always, you were always scum. And he goes, yeah, rebel scum. Like he, he he's, he's securing himself for the first time.
0: Yeah. I don't, again, I look at the people that go like, well, Finn, they wasted Finn in this movie. He's got nothing to do. And I'm just like, bro, it's like right there. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to ignore it. You have to go out of your way to ignore it. <laughs> um, I think Rose is very good. Um, some of her lines aren't winners. Um, but I think the concept of Rose is very good. I like Finn's arc. Uh, DJ, for the role he serves, I like...
1: Yeah,
0: I'm um, fine with TJ. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Just gonna skip right over that. Uh, what? Because it sounded like you said TJ. I know it's because I have a cold. I don't. <sighs> I don't. I, don't I, I always have a problem with characters that have similar names with me, or God forbid, characters with my actual name. Fuck. Yep. I hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shall I get
1: you a backwards red baseball cap?
0: No, you shan't. Um. So what else do we? Ha- oh, oh, oh! Snoke, I hate him.
1: Yeah, no, Snoke is the worst part of the in this entire movie.
0: And the circus is doing say, great. Thank you, Ryan Johnson.
1: Yeah, thanks for killing him. It's, it's actually a really Fuck. great thing. Um, but before that, I do just want to acknowledge one thing. There is a moment before that when she's getting in the escape pod um, to go to go to Kylo Ren, and she tells Chewie. This is literally the conversation She goes, if you see Finn before I do, tell him And then Chewie goes And she goes, yeah, tell him that And I went, okay, fuck off <laughs> That's so <laughs> shitty That is so shitty It's not even funny, it's just shitty
0: Don't Ryan do Johnson that Johnson said, oh, oh, so you like, so you like Mystery Box bullshit, alright
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, don't let You don't let the Wookiee fill in the blanks Don't do that that's this is how stupid. you know Ryan
0: Johnson made this shit. He's too sassy for his own good. He can't, he can't help himself.
1: But yeah, so <laughs> so we kill Snoke, and it's 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 good. I I actually think that like. Him, him torturing Rey and trying to get information from her is, is good to, to set up what Kylo Ren then actually does. I think the deceptively turning the lightsaber is great. And I like their fight, but here's the thing about their fight. Upon further inspection, their fight actually, like, is messy as fuck and kind of sucks.
0: It's very head-scratching. But
1: I still love it. Like,
0: I like the because of the of it.
1: energy and the purpose and the story of it. Like we never see a red lightsaber and a blue lightsaber fighting with each other. Ever. And that was awesome. And the the stunts that they did to illustrate. That Kylo had a lot of training and is very methodical and very much like a knight, and that Rey's just all fucking over up the place, and they're complimenting each other in that way. The problem is, in order to do that, you have to you have to nerf your enemy by literally unCGing their weapon to make sure that it's not obvious that they could have stabbed them. There are like three moments where somebody could have stabbed Ray, but they just literally they turn a corner and one of the weapons is gone. And then, so she doesn't get stabbed. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, no. If you look at it a third time, you're going to notice, like, damn, you guys really, like, fudged this. It's so good that you pulled it off.
0: I don't know what happened, because there's no... There's not really an excuse I can think of because there genuinely has not been a bad what? Okay, if they're at if if it's an actual fight, and I'm looking at you attack the clones. If it's an actual fight, there's not been a bad choreographed fight scene in Star Wars since fucking A New Hope. Like this was an area that there was never really that much of hiccups with. Like again, attack of the attack of the clones has like concepts that people hate. (laughs) And the whole Anakin versus Dooku thing with them just showing their faces in the dark. Yeah. Flashing with the lights is like, it's a choice, but it's also a choice that I don't quite understand. Like, It'd be one thing if it was their, it was if if it was an extended version of their fight in three, and it was like the final time they were gonna fight, and you were trying to like milk it for its epicness. Maybe, but like, I mean, this is a fight between one super inexperienced Padawan and a super experienced Count Dooku, who's much stronger than him in the ways of the Force right now. Like, I don't even know why this fight takes more than two minutes. Or a, mi- a minute. <laughs> like, if anything, you could you could probably make an excuse for, like, Obi-Wan could probably have an, a longer fight with Dooku, but I uh, don't know about Anakin. Like, at least not now. Not now in the story. Anyway. Like, I don't get why the, thro- the throne room scene needs to be fudged like this. Because... Another thing you could do is just not have that many guards. Yeah. You could just not have that many guards. You could just not have guards. You could just not have a throne room. You could just not have Snoke. You could just not do Snoke. No, and I okay. think that would have been the better option. J. J. I, Abrams. Like,
1: I like what Ryan Johnson did to get rid of Snoke. I like the, I like the fight. The fight is epic. The fight is fun. The fight is fun to watch. It's just that we have covered fights on this show. And so I know the components of a good fight. And a big flaw here is that it's all, it's a lot of flash and not a lot of actual substance. All that being said, I still fucking love it. Um, I love that she throws in the lightsaber and then he turns it on in the guy's face and then turns it right off. I love it. Um, I love that they're united for one moment, even if they it, take it in a weird direction after that. Um, and I like that there's still tension with them afterwards, that they still land on opposite sides of this. They still both see an opportunity to change the world because of what they both just did. And they both still have to go separate ways, which then sets them on the court for the rest of the movie. And I, I still like that. I still like what they did with it.
0: I just don't know why Snoke's here. No,
1: no one does. It's a stand in. It's a rehash. And then they got rid of the stand in rehash and you don't have to justify it. And no, it sucks. Okay. And we don't have to acknowledge it anymore. Literally from this point on it's done. He's dead. We don't even, And honestly, I'm going to slap you through the phone. If you bring it up in the next episode. Uh, So
0: also uh, going back to my previous note about like, if Kylo Ren was a woman, like, there's so much meta that you could go in there of just like, you know, nobody's going to be able to teach you like I can because everyone's doing the old shit. Like, when Kylo extends his extends his hand, I don't really think that Rey's going to take it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's
0: always the thing with these moments. It's like, there's never really... But all of a sudden, if Ray and Kylo Ren have like a shit ton in common and have both vocalize displeasure with like Luke's actions and they're frustrated with his teaching styles and they know that like, look, things gotta be, they both acknowledge that like things have to be done differently. They can't do them the way they used to be done. That now is like way different for me. I don't know if I would still think that Ray would take her hand, but like, it would it would be that little part of me that's just like, I kind of I kinda wanna see you do it
1: though. Well, there's a little bit of Disney in there where it's like the main character you're supposed to root for has hope that the status quo will will win out over evil and the other character is ready to burn things down. Unfortunately, they're ready to burn things down to make way for fascism. It's the it's the same problem you have with a lot of like Disney villains and Marvel villains who are right. Um it's like, oh, yeah, no, they're right about something, but then they're going to usher in fascism. Well, so like,
0: I mean, that's the it's just the same thing with Luke and Vader though.
1: But Luke's a rebel. The, he's inherently not the status quo. Ray believes that the re, that the resistance, which I said in the last episode is it's weird that you had a rebel-style group when they were the status quo up until the end of that movie. Anyway, um like you couldn't kind of you couldn't quite get away with the underdog stuff with with the resistance because it's because they're not rebels. Anyway,
0: they just didn't want to call them the army.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: Our heroic galactic army. military, uh. Republican
1: military. Uh, yeah, again, that would be Transformers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, to, to just to complement the structure of this movie, all these things we've talked about all come to a head in one moment where literally it's almost shot for shot, Phasma going, all right, execute. And then the lightsaber being pulled by the force and then Holdo hitting the button and then zoom and then the sound goes out and the light rips through the sh- ship And then the fallout happens in all those scenes. And I was just like, yes, amazing. Not even like, could you call that the climax of the movie? Maybe the other climax would be like Luke coming back. I don't know. But like, damn, if everything didn't get tied into one, everybody's being affected by this one massive choice all at once, boom. That's just good movie.
0: I genuinely, I genuinely am I'm so pissed off at people that have a problem with the Holdo light speed. Who? Why?
1: Would anyone I, have a problem with that?
0: That's I, such a cool thing that we never
1: saw in Star Wars before.
0: There's this thing of like, there's no such thing as watching movies wrong. I think you're watching movies wrong. Yeah. Like, that's rad. Like, I'm the person, I will always be the person... I've reached a certain point in my life where I'm not really going to go back on this. I will always be a nonviolence person. I'm never going to think it's cool. that there's more blood, more guts, more gore. I'm never going to think that a superhero movie has to be rated R quote unquote. He's never going to run
1: around and hurt you.
0: I mean, too many self-deprecating. We're going to make
1: make you cry. Um, (laughs) Never going to say goodbye never going to tell a lie and hurt you.
0: I have, There's too many self-deprecating jokes. I can't pick one. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm just so, so... happy I Rick rolled you. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't look. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I'm just going to say I never care about being Rick roll. I like the damn song. Yeah. <laughs> like do it. Do it. You won't. It's a good song. <laughs> um, unironically, um but like people complained about the Leia pulling herself with the force thing since like more or less because it kind of looked a little weird. And oh I'm actually point, not
1: necessarily a fan of that one either, but
0: and on that point it's like I kind of objectively get it, but I don't necessarily feel the same way. I was way more into the whole, hey, Leia's using the force thing, which I think was more of the point. <laughs> which I feel like people have been yelling and screaming for Leia to use the force and then Leia used yeah. the force and they found something else to complain about and it's just like fucking goddamn.
1: I think where it gets complicated is that we had as far as I remember, never seen anyone in Star Wars be thrown into the vacuum of space. And so the idea that she could survive for that long and just wouldn't get, like, really flung anywhere, like, is a little, little weird. But see, Because we like, don't have any background for it.
0: But see, like, this is this is where I keep having to because people make arguments like this. And this is nothing against you. This is I've been worn down by the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. Because people say stuff like this And it makes me upset because you could literally do that with any other thing in Star Wars.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we were just talking about Lightspeed being able to actually hurt something when you go to Lightspeed. Never been done before. Totally accepted it.
0: Like, nobody really used the Force to lift an object until Luke just did it at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Like, Anakin Skywalker... And then they make
1: fun of it with the lifting rocks thing in this movie.
0: Anakin Skywalker, eight-year-old human boy with a slight lisp, is able to not die in pod races. They literally say that should not actually be a thing that happens. It's the fucking force. (laughs) Like... You can... Star Wars is one of the... That's I think not might, how
1: the Force works.
0: Star Wars is one of the few franchises in existence right now that is its own thing not adapted from anything else. It literally can, will, and has multiple times made up its own fucking rules about how things work and you accept it Every other time until a woman does it. And that's the thing that pisses me off because people go, oh, why does it have to be about sex? Because literally, look at the pattern, you idiots. You have an issue with Rey knowing how to use the Force. You have an issue with Leia using the Force for the first time in the context that she does it. You have an issue with Holdo doing the Lightspeed thing. It is always with a fucking woman that you have this issue. Just, god damn it. Just, sometimes, sometimes, writers and creatives do things specifically to make a character look cool and it really doesn't have to be more deeper than that (laughs) it really doesn't have to be deeper than shit I thought it would be cool and again Luke putting away his targeting computer is a thing that does not technically make sense but you accept it because it makes him look cool and you just go Well, it's the Force. Like, Vader and Luke being able to communicate with each other at the end of Empire Strikes Back, despite being in completely different locations, using the Force, you buy it. Because, it's the Force. You could just... do it. I know it's not the movies, but like, fucking... whatever the fuck his name is, Starkiller, I think, is his actual name, and the uh the force unleashed pulling down an entire star destroyer with the force alone you buy it because it's the force and I thought it would be cool like star wars is not that different from fucking dragon ball z sometimes you just do shit because it's cool bro and if the matrix can do it if kill bill can do, if, fuck if any quentin tarantino fucking movie can do it if martial arts movies can do it if all these other things can just do a thing because it's cool and if you bring attention to it you're overthinking it why does that not apply to star Wars? it's fucking star wars it's a movie for 12 year olds said in quotes by George Lucas. In short, I thought it was also rad.
1: (laughs) Uh, The only other thing is like, I, Luke's final moments still get me. Um, I do, I think, Kylo Ren's meltdown in the face of Luke Skywalker is very entertaining and just it dug the hole deeper for Kylo in a way that I was like I was I walked away from that movie being like yeah okay he's gonna be just a true villain he is he has chosen his path he can't get past this he won't get past this and that's what he did and then the next movie happened um but I've I've literally used the joke several times in the on this podcast the more more, more, that's
0: enough.
1: Um, I love that moment. I think
0: it's hilarious. Uh, and then- I honestly don't even know what keeps Kylo Ren from just killing Hux. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, cause it, yeah,
1: cause when, cause when he's about to be lowered down, he, Hux is like, do you, is really necessary, and he throws him against the fucking wall. He could have killed him in that moment. Um, I mean, what keeps him from it is franchise actors. Um, <laughs> but then he dies unceremoniously in the next one. Uh, at, played for laughs, like they play Hux for laughs in the final one so much. Um, I mean, they but, play him
0: for laughs here too.
1: Yeah, but even still, um, it's it's better here than the other one. Uh well, well, yeah. But then also on top of that, I love the subversion that Luke is not actually there and Luke is not actually fighting him. Like it's a subversion of what you think it's going to be. Again, what other choice do you have but to subvert it? Could we have gotten the like incredibly uh could we have gotten the incredibly drawn out like final fight between Luke Skywalker where lightsabers are making contact blah blah? We already got that in this movie. So, what makes more sense is Luke distracting them. And the reveal that he's not actually there worked so well for me. I'm like, yeah, perfect. This is the exact way. And this is a great way to stick it to the people who want to stick their lightsaber and everything. Kylo Ren wants to beat you the fuck Down at every turn. Once that's the whole thing of the movie is that the First Order wants to stomp them out of existence, no matter what they do, they have to stomp it out. No at no embers or no no embers, no nothing, stomp them out. And that's their demise, is because he can't just let Luke Skywalker go that they get away. And that's a lovely subversion in my brain.
0: Honestly, for me, I was genuinely expecting it. Okay. I didn't like. I think I was kind of thinking about I, – I don't think it was an actual thought, but I think subconsciously I was like – I was hoping it would be this. And I was like, if they're actually just going to have a fight and it's going to be the end of the movie that he just fights and it's just a fight. And then stabs him or
1: something. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, what other way are you going to do that? You kind of know Luke is going – you know, one of them has to win. And so like does Luke die? Does Kylo Ren die? Kylo Ren's not going to die. Is Luke going to die? We think Luke's going to die. Is Luke going to die by the hands of Kylo Ren and then two out of the three are going to die by that means? No, there's no way.
0: And what's brilliant is that they do very subtly. Like early 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 at the very beginning of the movie. They show you the X-wing.
1: Yeah, 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 that it was it's completely drowned.
0: Like and you could you could just you could just imagine there would be an echo of like the Yoda pulling uh-huh. the X-Wing out of the water thing. Like, you could just picture you, they it. They
1: tease it, basically. So
0: there's a part of some people that would have remembered that and been like, oh, I bet, oh, I bet, I bet he flew here. Oh, there he is. I knew it. I was right. And then, nope. <laughs> um, One way that... Uh, uh, Cosmonaut Variety Hour uh, Marcus put it in one of his videos one of his many videos on Star Wars uh, was that once Luke shows up nobody else dies and I was like yeah and he was like I love that that's my favorite part is that Luke is Luke is effectively a paragon and he was like no more death I'm going to take the non-violent passive option and I'm going to win this and that's the best way that the Jedi can be, in my yep. opinion. Uh huh. I vastly prefer that. That's
1: where they lost their way. When they when they became cops is when they be, lost their way. Um. So yeah. Yep. That's uh. And then we end with the kid who's force sensitive, um, which I think is a nice little Easter egg. I like that. Uh. But yeah, and then he stares out into the twin suns with his theme. And he finally passes on. And I think it was the perfect ending for him Uh, under the circumstances. Could you have written a completely different series that made Luke different? Yes. But like, you know, under the circumstances, based on what was set up in this movie, perfect way to end him.
0: Honestly, in general, with no context, if you would have told me that he would have died cross-legged, you know, looking at the sun, at, at the sunset, like, yeah, that's probably the best way for Luke to die. I don't know why people. I don't know why people have issues. With, again, they have an issue with like all the best decisions of the movie, and like they're like, well, why didn't he fight? And I'm just like, subtlety and nuance is just wasted on you, isn't it? Right. <laughs> oh boy. Like they they sincerely miss the line directed not at Ray but at t- to literally certain members of the audience are like what do you think I'm just gonna stand out in front of the first order with a fucking laser sword no literally in none of these other six movies has that happened <laughs> <laughs> like- and then the
1: fans got a little bit of service at the end of Mando
0: but Ugh, that's why I hit. Ha- okay you know what Mmm.
1: But even then, that was maybe ten droids. That's not an army.
0: I just don't know why we need badass Luke Skywalker when he's never been that. I just, yeah, thats what I the agree. part that bugs me. Like, oh, let me stop. I'm. I'm I'll, I'll go. I'll go off on the Mandalorian again. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'll, you, you think I won't? I will fucking do it. I'll fucking, do, I'll, I'll tear the Mandalorian a fucking new one. You think I won't? I will. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I'm
1: just sitting here eating my dinner uh, because, uh, you know, all I got to bring these Kyber crystals uh, from Mustafana Naboo. If I there's nothing else, I think we can just wrap
0: here. Um, hey, uh, hey, I think there's know, nothing else at all to uh, say, <laughs> period.
1: Man, that guy has some problems. What triggered it was you did a voice, and so I had to do a voice. I
0: know, I know. The second I started, doing I'm like, you know, he's gonna fucking do three, four Casablanca. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. You
1: know, you know, I got this little boy. I got this little Dutch boy, because uh, you on know, because you know, the Netherlands exists in Star Wars. And on that, Hello, we're gonna- I'm Jan Catalan. Um, <laughs> I have multiple characters. You forget this. You forget this.
0: No, I don't forget. Multiples. I just move on. I I mean
1: we said we were going to debunk a bunch of people's like arguments with it but I feel like we did that
0: yeah like really the main things are that people don't like the way Luke was portrayed but this was the only way to portray Luke that made sense given the previous movie and also it makes sense for his character and also it's just a fitting end in general that he had like one last arc because really Luke is like main character B in this movie, it's not, he's not even fully a mentor. He has his own fucking arc. Um, like, they have a problem with the fucking Holdo shit, but the Holdo shit just makes sense full stop. Uh, they have a problem with Canto Bite, but Canto Bite is not only important for the actual story because it builds to the fake out of like, well, you think it's gonna go down this way, but no like holdo had a plan and you complicated it i
1: also i want to speak to the to those who are not disliking this movie for racist and sexist reasons in that i think that there are a lot of people who have a problem with this movie because the movie is about failure and i don't think that we are equipped to accept failure in the multitude of ways it comes across in this movie whether that's Ray not getting the training she was looking for. Whether that's Poe trying six different things and still being wrong the entire time. Whether it's Finn trying to leave and failing and not living up to who he should be. Whether it's, you know, th- whether it's trusting the wrong guy and getting caught on the ship and just getting a lucky break to get you to the next thing. Like, whether it's Finn not actually running into the center of a cannon. Like, The movie is constantly setting people up to do these things and then going, well, that wouldn't have worked. Well, that wouldn't have worked. Well, that wouldn't have worked. And like, I don't think Star Wars fans in particular are set up to manage that kind of a story. Like, but like I said at the top, it's the fact that all of our main characters are being confronted with what they thought was going to happen is not the way you think it's going to go. And their mentors having to look at them and say, uh, uh-uh, this is what has to happen. And you need to learn how to do both is something that would have then set up a wonderful baseline for a conclusion to a nine movie series. I don't understand how you get to number eight, And you just now have to deal with the idea that your characters have failed in the lead up to the final, most crucial battle. They have to fail at this juncture. They have to. Look at every other major thing out there. You look at Avengers, Infinity War, they fail. You look at Harry Potter, sorry, spoiler, redacted, and they're left (laughs) with this impossible task and redacted. You have to let your characters really fuck up in the final hour to then let them succeed in the final hour in a satisfying way. And then when you undercut that shit, you get what we got.
0: Like, people forget, the first Lord of the Rings ends with the whole thing being fucked. Yeah. The, the, ending, the ending of Fellowship is, like, super not great. For our here, I legitimately have have uh, been watching a lot of reactions to people watching Fellowship for the first time. There's a lot of reactions that when the credits are rolling, they go, "Wait, what? We're gonna end there? Everything's all like fucked up now." But and that's it's like, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> storytelling. It makes the victory that much sweeter, and the victory is not that sweet in the next one. Because you chose to not use any of this.
0: Also, literally, both Star Wars trilogies also did this.
1: Right. It's just different.
0: Like fucking Anakin lost an arm.
1: (laughs) I would say the sequels, the prequels, is a little bit different because you know where it's going. And but Empire and and Empire is just different because Empire was less about. Here's the here's the difference. Empire was all about the power of the empire really being showcased and darth vader really coming out to play and not about the characters necessarily making bad choices that's where this
0: is different well you could argue they don't make multiple bad choices but they make like at least one crucial like
1: yeah but that's different that that is that is still different that is still not as satisfying as i mean infinity war parallel we haven't even covered infinity war but like all the decisions they made up to that point with the civil war and being separated and not being united and, and you know, Scarlet witch having to defend and all these other things. And also like Star
0: Lord being star Lord.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, there's a series of just like perfectly understandable for their character. Like things that fuck up along the way that then you lose and you have to pick up the pieces. And that's just, it. it it's just part of ramping up to the finale. It's just, important to do
0: like i think we ultimately because i also see this in like reactions to avatar for the first time where they get people get super frustrated with ang or they get super frustrated with katara or a certain thing happens in like the end of season two you You're talking about the
1: end of book two yeah
0: and like they get super frustrated with zuko right and it's like no but you gotta you gotta have it fucked what do you think is gonna happen yeah. Our characters aren't perfect. Like, they literally have to still be human and have actual flaws and make mistakes sometimes. Even precious fucking Uncle Iroh, in my personal opinion, is not perfect. And genuinely, in the last parts of book two, are probably at his, him at his worst. Genuinely. Like, he kind of fucks up a little bit and doesn't understand his nephew nearly as well as he thinks he does. I mean, that's part of it, though. Like, Zuko needs to have his own fucking thing to do. He's not gonna fucking stay here and, like, serve tea with you. He's a fucking prince. (laughs) God damn it. What did you think was gonna happen, audience?
1: So, yeah. This is a really good movie, and it did a lot of things really well, and I really just think that Honestly, if there are anybody, is there, if, if there are people who are like, oh, you know, I just didn't really care for it. It's all right, but I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Cool. Yeah. You know what? I respect you. If there are people who are out there, like literally get this viscer- getting this really angry at this movie, I, I want you to look inside yourself because what's really happening here because it's not the movie. I'm sorry.
0: I think it's because we've developed a culture where people think they're smarter than filmmakers.
1: Right. All right, let's let it be. The movie's good, idiots. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I'm really, like, I'm sorry because I don't, if there's one thing I I don't want, I don't want conflict. I'm not that guy. I don't want to continue to fight with Star Wars fans until the end of fucking time, but I'm sorry. If you want something to complain about, you cannot complain with the movie as a whole, You can have quibbles here and there, but the movie as a whole is just good, okay? It's just good. If it's not what you wanted it to be, fine, but that's not the same thing as the movie isn't good. Suicide Squad, the first one, isn't good. (laughs) But again, that's just comparing it to objective, good things like good editing. Like, bah, it's been five years. And people still freak out about this one movie that is actually not even bad. Christ. <sighs> so I'm assuming there's nothing left, Trev.
1: Nope. And we're done with Star Wars. We don't have to do anything else ever again.
0: Uh... <laughs> Boy, I wish that were true. But we still have Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And then I guess at some point we might avenge, maybe, maybe cover, maybe cover Kenobi, but eh, I don't know. Um, that's a ways away. But,
1: but we're not covering Book of Boba Fett, so. No. <laughs> that's a definitive
0: we're not. Note. <laughs> so, Um, we do have social medias. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to provide them at the end of this episode. (laughs) Um, Ordinarily, I would say to let us know what uh, what you thought of today's episode. I'm not going to do that at the end of this one. (laughs) Instead, I will say happy May the 4th to everyone. And for God's sake... Oh, boy. One thing we We're can no all agree on.
1: We're no strangers to love. On one you thing know we the can... rules, and so do I.
0: One thing we can agree on. <sighs> Uniformly, everyone, we can all agree that these movies should have had a road map. They should have had a loose structure. Yes, we can all agree on that. And that's that's my olive branch to all the other Star Wars fans. <laughs> so, until next time, I've been TJ Patrick.
1: And I'm Rick Astley.
0: If only. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't be
1: what you want me to be.
0: <laughs> oh, I say the same thing to my parents um
1: (laughs) end the episode bye everybody
0: and until next time godspeed rebels yeah we never talked about how weird it is that they say godspeed rebels all of a sudden where did that come from